This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty. Welcome aboard. It is Friday. You made it. We are at Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines, baby. Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. Ready to wrap up the week. Got a bunch of things to talk about. I got a bunch of things that I'm laughing about. I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of entertaining. This world is very entertaining, you know, it's, uh, but I kind of get it, you know, so we'll talk. We got a lot of things. We got a couple of folks that will be visiting us. Uh, we will have uh, David Ferronis at 1030, and Manny Navarro will join us at 11. So we've got that going on, of course. We got Sean Stanley joining us here, of course, leading the program and mastering the platform. How you feeling today, Sean? You feeling good? All right. I. All right, well, he's, he's I. What can I tell you? If you're I, then you're I. You know, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, so we're just, uh, I'm actually just reposting uh, on social media that we're live. You know, so that way everybody kind of knows on social media. It, it's funny because you would figure, you know, like you guys that are on it. Uh, you, you get the notification bell, it tells you, you know, but a lot of people are lazy, so you got to kind of remind them, hey, we're here, just so you'll know, and so it's kind of what I'm doing there at the same time, so there you go, it's a final one. By the way, Billy Corbin tears it up on Instagram. <laughs> City officials must be terrified of him. It's awesome. It is. Billy, you are awesome, by the way. I just want you to know you're freaking awesome, dude. You are on top of it. Way more than most of us. That's for damn sure. Anyway, so a uh, bunch of stuff to talk about. And we are here at Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines. By the way, the uh, the ZDX, I think it is, is uh, is about to go on sale here in, a, in two months. I think March, they told me. Uh, it'll go on sale, and uh, it is the most powerful EV SUV on the market. It has 500 horsepower. So I'm going to get one of those probably at the end of this year. That's probably what I'm, I'm searching for. That's what I'm going to get. So uh, make sure you check it out because that's going to be uh, pretty damn cool if uh, you want to get one of those. I am expecting a good day in the market. And those of us, of course, that woke up on the Pendle side of the bed, uh, you, you're already loving it. You've been loving the Pendle pickup for a while now. And uh, and Pendle continues to ride, baby. Ride, 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 which is a beautiful thing. I love it. And wh- where's it at right now? Pendle is up 9.52 right now. 9.5% approaching $3 now. I love it, dude. Love it. And Bitcoin right now is in the 43 range. It's been stuck for like five months in uh, in a $5,000 zone. 
is what it's been. I wrote an article this morning on Cointelegraph. No, last night was it or this morning? I forgot. Anyways, um, and, and it's been like that for for like five months in a in a five thousand dollar window. That's a, that's how you know you know how potent a a uh, a commodity must be. Not only that, but it's moving within five thousand dollars. I talk about Pendle hitting three bucks. <laughs> okay, you know, it's, and it's great because I got Pendle at a dollar thirty-four. So, you know, dollar thirty-four to three dollars is amazing, right? So, but it's funny. I don't. I don't think people. I don't think they. they it's you take it for granted, the power of it. You know, like oh, you you oh yeah, anything moves five. No, there is no other commodity in the world that moves like that. At all. It's not even close. So it's pretty cool. But I am expecting a good day today. So uh, it's uh, and uh, the GBTC flows from Grayscale have been less. Yesterday, BlackRock bought more Bitcoin than Grayscale sold. So that, that tells you all you. And then there's, by the way, all 10 ETFs or 11 ETFs that are out. I think it's 10, actually. The 10 ETFs in two weeks, Sean, they have accumulated... 3.3% of the Bitcoin in two weeks. They've, they've accumulated 3% of Bitcoin. What do you think happens the next couple months? And now the GBT, GBTC outflow is dying out now. So that's not offsetting it anymore. Now we start to see the climb. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. What you got, man? Your boy Teddy Two Gloves coming home. What's he signing with? Uh, oh, he's a coach. Where? Miami Northwestern. Okay. Oh, it's alma mater. Yeah, it's alma mater. Yep, okay. Yep. All right. That's good. That's good, man. And that's and that, good for, for him because I, I. That's great I feel, for the kids. No, that's what I mean. But he, that's what he is. That's what he brought more than anything. Leadership. I think, is the leadership and and the teaching Smarts. and you watch him and yeah. he, you know, as you said, it's just he didn't get that gift. Yep. He got the gift of knowledge and, and seeing everything. He just didn't get the... Yep. Uh, let's see. I see uh, C says, uh, Big O, how's crypto? I just bought some more Polygon. Uh, just to give you a heads up, man, um, you should uh, download Exodus. And Exodus, you can have it on your PC, and it has an app. So you can manage it. You have your 12 words. So make sure you save your, 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 your keys. Those are your, that's your passwords. Right, and save it and save it in the order and everything. Keep it somewhere. Do not put it on your phone. Do not ever put, write it somewhere, save it somewhere, put it in a safe, whatever. Put it in a lockbox, put it in a safe box, whatever you want to do. Just keep it somewhere. Uh, But do that. And Exodus, uh, you could get right now Polygon 6.52%. So have your Polygon grow. I'm a huge Polygon guy. I, I don't know if you know or not. But uh, buying Polygon still at 80 cents right now where it's at is, is still a bargain. It's a monster bargain. And stake it at the same time on Exodus, my friend, so you can get 6.52%. On Exodus, you get 4% on Ethereum. You get 3% on Cardano. You get 6.5% on Polygon. I'm a big Cosmos guy. I've been picking up 17.5% on Polygon right now. It was up to 22 at one point, but it's at 17 and a half right now, and you get it 1% on VeChain. So these are all 
uh, stuff that I'm invested in, and I have it staked on on Exodus. Uh, so I would suggest that you know not only do you invest, but then have it work for you at the same time while while it's doing. So while it's growing in value, you're also you know adding more Polygon because you're you're getting the interest on it. So you're going to add more Polygon and more Ethereum and more Cardano and you know things like that. So make sure you look for those kind of things that'll help you out and that makes your investment an even better investment when it's all said and done. So. Uh, that's uh, that's the way to go, C's. Good luck to you, sir. Okay, uh, Steve Chapman, I see is number one in on the chat board. Um, uh, let's see what lies ahead for our Dolphins. It's an off season, and we'll see what they do, man. You know, Kyle Cockrell is in. He says, "Did you see Myro had dumped big time? I'm glad I was able to get out and some profit. One thing I'm learning is you need to take profits on the way, or you will get wrecked." Yes, and no. Uh, when it's meme coins, I agree. I haven't taken any Polygon out. I haven't taken any Bitcoin out, and I'm in the green. I'm in the I'm in the green big time with Bitcoin. I'm in the green big time with Ethereum. Um, I'm not really in the green yet with Cardano. Maybe a little bit. Polygon, maybe a little bit, but no. It, it all depends. You know, um, the the bull run is starting now. So I'm going to wait on these kind of coins, but on meme coins, Kyle, you are a thousand percent right. See, that's the only thing that I would change on your statement there. With meme coins, example, uh, I like SHIB, right? Sort of. And I made a big investment in SHIB two years ago. It went 15x. When I told you guys to, where were we when I was talking about SHIB? I think we were at Onside? Pro yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably Onside. It, 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 yeah, it was Onside because that's where Donald turned me on to Bitcoin. And then that's where the I got the bug and it took off. It wasn't at 1210. It was at Onside. Right, right, right. But it was, no, but it was during. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was definitely on onside. I told you guys about SHIB when it was at six. Zero, like six zeros and a six, I think it is. And it went to 91. So it's five zeros and 91, obviously. And, um, and it went 15x. I took out all my profits. I, I took out my investment and I took out profits. And then the, the, what I had left, I got to tell you, I've converted... 70% of what I had left into Shido. Because I'm believe I'm 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 really starting to believe big in Shido. And uh I've invested a, a good amount in Shido. Uh and so I've 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 gotten that in that direction. By the way, I again I am not a financial advisor by any stretch. Shido is just under a cent. It's a very low market cap. Shido just uh also put out their own app. And you can get it off the Shido website. So if you're iOS or Android, they have it there. And they're going to have staking at 8%. So I'm also going to stake my Shido. Um, I, hell, I may do something I've never done. I'm, I might want to become a validator uh, with Shido. So um, might, might take my, I might take my crypto experience and knowledge to another level. To, I don't want to get into mining, but maybe, uh, I, you know, uh, Shido's giving people a good opportunity to be a validator, and uh, and I, 
you know, that's another way of, of earning more, uh, more money in the process and having your money work for you. So um, the one thing I would say, Kyle, yes, take your profits always in, in a lot of things, right? But for me in general right now, since we're so early, I, I haven't taken any Pendle out. Pendle's approaching $3. I got it at $1.34. I have no interest in taking because I know I'm just starting now. So I'm going to wait till it really, you know, 10, 20 X's. And then I can start to really start to take out some stuff because we're in the beginning of it. But on meme coins, the second it blows, you need to take profits right away. So if you did on Myro, God bless you, bro. You did the right thing, Kyle. Good, good stuff, dude. Really smart on your part. Uh, I, I, I don't mess a lot with meme coins. I've only done SHIB. I, I just don't really. It's too risky, you know. I know, I know there could be big hits with it, but it's so risky. Steven Gonzalez is in. He's hoping the DC will get resolved. I got a, I got some funny stuff I got to talk about with that. Uh, Brooklyn Rob is in. Can't believe people are so butthurt by Tua's performance in the passing competition. What what do he do? I don't know. I didn't even see it. I'm guessing it's bad because uh, I, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see it at all. I I don't even know what it is. I missed it last night. It started. I thought it was later than what it was. Yeah, it's it, it's Pro Bowl All Star. I have no interest. <laughs> I don't give a shit about All Stars and Pro Bowls and any of that stuff. So I I didn't see it. I don't know Brooklyn Rob. Maybe I'll watch it when I get home. I'll go look for it, see if it's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, let's see. Joseph is in. Miles Deep out in uh, Vegas, baby. Costa Nostra. Angelo De Jesus. I wish you two would clone yourselves and have this show going 24-7. Thank you, Angelo. It's too nice of you. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Ray Sosa. Jamie Zoria out in San Jose. Ray... Varnicus is in Orlando. You're going to see the Stones this year. I I probably will not. It's a lot of I've seen the Stones a whole bunch of times, dude. Um, probably not. I saw them the last time that they were here. There was a little rain, right? And who I forgot. There was a good opening act, and was it like Green Day opening act for them or something? Um, it was uh, it was cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, that was probably the last time I'll see the Stones. I probably won't go see the Stones again. I've seen them a whole bunch of times, man. Uh, Brian Landis, Nikolai Roll. Uh, Jay Gelfin, thank you, Nikolai, by the way. Very nice of you. Um, let's see. Gus Gus 1388. Alexis, One-Eyed Jack. I'm thinking Miami helps Shula. Nah, nah, nah. Remember, uh, uh, Shula was with Sean McVay. For the last seven years, they were teammates in college. So these two are tight. You know what I'm saying? And Sean knew that he was going to hire him, but he gave him the opportunity to go interview because, dude, it's the Dolphins. It's Shula. It, you know, one of the things I like about McVay for being such a young guy, he gets it. And he understands the league and he appreciates the league and its historical, you know, significance to a, a lot of things. And the name Shula is one of them. So there's a lot of things that was going on. Miami was doing Shula a favor to get his name out there, help him with that process. And now McVay is helping his friend by giving him a promotion now that he needs a defensive coordinator. And he's paid his dues for seven years. So I don't think it's much more than that. 
I don't think Miami was ever hiring him, but Miami was doing him a solid. And then at the same time, McVeigh is rewarding his friend that he's known since college and played with and has coached with him for seven years and obviously must be happy with the results that he has as a linebacker's coach and a pass rush coordinator. Let's not look too much into this, okay? This is a franchise doing a solid for a man named Shula, and this is Sean McVay, you know, promoting his coach and his friend that he's known for a long time and has paid his dues. So I, I don't think it's any more than that. Uh, I just I think we have this whole um, uh, what's it called um, um, conspiracy theory society that everything has to be a conspiracy theory. Like all these morons are making more out of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey than what it is. It's just two people in love. And that's all it is. You know what I mean? But you got, you know, a bunch of idiots on one side that want to make it all, you know, political because they got nothing better to do. They got to fill time. Kind of like with the Dolphins. Some people have to fill time and fill writer's space. And we'll get to that too. Uh, C. Dola, yep, we saw that with Bridgewater, Lisa Rose, Skylar Tipton, Jim Rios. Yes, sir. We got breaking news. What is it? Actually, not breaking news, but... News that breaks. Puxatani Phil did not see his shadow today. Oh, That's old news. He's not predicting an early spring. He's predicting early spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Jim Rios, Lacey Baker. I'm only used to Hispanic people having... Well, you do have a Rios in there, so yeah, there's some Hispanic in you. Because I thought only Hispanic people have 46 names. Josh is in. He's a corporate time-stealing weasel, and we love that. Ray loves the Greta shirt. Gotta always love Greta. Lenny Pena says, I'm usually a regular, but I missed yesterday's show because of work. I couldn't be a... Crime, st- I mean, a, a corporate time-stealing weasel, but I'm here today, baby. Yeah, there you go. Steven Gonzalez says, oh, please give me an app to download, to buy, and check crypto. Uh, Exodus, crypto.com. Um, Exodus and crypto.com for now, okay? And then CoinMarketCap is just a regular website. You should use that, too. Because coin market cap, you can put any coin that you're looking for, and you scroll down, and it'll show you all the places where they're selling it, so you can buy it. Okay. Uh, let's see. C's. How's that spelled? I, I exi- How's how's that spelled? Exists. I think. Oh, I think that's something else. Okay. Alexis split seventy dollars this morning, thirty on Ethereum, uh, and on Bitcoin, and Polygon, and on Polkadot. Okay. Nice. Very good. Very good. You did the, the 40, 30, 10, 10, 10, right? I got you. I got you. Very good, sir. That's smart. Very smart. Very proud of you. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was going to get a job, dude. Drago, Giovanni Castelloni is in. Charbear. Is this chat slow mode too? Yes, it is, sir. Everything is slow around here, sir. Life is slow. Pro Bowl is a joke. Skills games are breakdancing. I, 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 I didn't see it. So I don't watch the hockey. I don't watch bat. The only all-star game, I, and it's game, the only one I will watch, believe it or not, 
it's baseball. Because it's the only one that's actually like close to the real thing. Well, not anymore. Doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, God, they took that away like three years ago. Yeah, again, we don't follow baseball. I get it. It's funny because that's the sport I follow the least out of them. Out of hockey, basketball, and football, and baseball, baseball is the one I follow the least out of the four. But I have zero interest in watching football, basketball, and hockey in all-star games. Zero interest. I will not watch it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. Now, the baseball one, that one I watch. That one I will watch. It's crazy. It's weird, but... You know, what can I tell you? Yeah, it is great weather, Nico. It is fantastic weather. I don't even have to aim the, the fan towards me. We have like a couple fans this here, and I usually, one is usually for me. The other one's for Sean. I didn't even bother switching. It's like, because I know Sean, he's like the polar bear. So let him have it because he can never have enough uh, air. So, but for me, I'm like, this is super comfortable, bro. Feels good, man. Cap for Life says, is it true that Joe Flacco has won the Comeback Player of the Year? No, Tua won it. No, he won Sporting News. Sporting, sporting News. Okay. Who, like 600 all right. Who, 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 the NFL gave it to the who? NFL honors are Friday before the Super Bowl, right? Oh, okay. So, so I don't know that they've yet. done that one. But but I know. You better not give it to DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin won one, one of the outlets Comeback Player of the Year. I saw that's that last so, week. That's so And then cheesy. Tua was announced the Sporting News Comeback Player of the, of the Year. So, I, I mean, again, every outlet kind of has their own, so. Personally, I would give it to Baker Mayfield over Tua. I'm just going to be objective here. I love Tua to death. You all know that. I believe in Tua 1,000%. Okay? I think Tua's a freaking stud. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried at all about Tua. But he doesn't deserve that award either. I give it to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield deserves the award, dude. He played well this season. He completely resurrected his career. Tua just came back from an injury at the end of the season, but he had played well last year. So you're just coming back from a concussion from the last couple of games, the last five games that you missed. Baker was in purgatory for the last couple of years. People thought his career was over. In my eyes... The definition of a comeback player of the year is Baker Mayfield, and it's not even close, dude. Tua doesn't belong anywhere in that in that award. And Damar Hamlin, Damar Hamlin deserves a courage award. Whatever you want to give, it takes balls to almost die on the field. Or no, he actually died. Okay, it takes balls to die on the field, get resurrected, and then have the guts to say, I want to go back and do what almost killed me. That's courage. That's not comeback. That's courage. And you actually have to be a good player that's had setbacks to then come back. Where was DeMar Hamlin ever a good player? Where? Where? Lamar Hamlin was a backup, a, 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 a back end of the roster, a third stringer maybe. Yeah, I mean, nothing. 
I mean, he was... He was inactive almost the whole year, yeah, except dude. for, like, the last few games. Yeah, he's a nice story, and he has shown us courage, more courage than I ever would have, okay? Because I think if I, I died on a football field, I think I might say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to test fate anymore. I'm gone, I'm done, I'm moving on. But in order to be a comeback player of the year, you first have to be a player. And DeMar Hamlin's never been a player. You see what I'm saying? That's, that, that's, that's the part that, forget, the in, forget coming back from that. You have to be a player in the first place to come back. That's what you're coming back from. DeMar Hamlin was never a player. So he's not coming back from jack shit. Okay, let's just be honest. Let's just call it like we see it. That's, we have a problem in this world to do that. Whatever outlet, please tell me the outlet that gave him comeback player of the year. You're a joke. You're a joke. And, and uh, you're such a joke that you insulted the hell out of Baker Mayfield, a real player that resurrected his career, truly resurrected his career, DeMar Hamlin has never had a career. He's trying to create a career in the NFL. He's created more of a career as a motivational tool than he is a player. No, pl- no kid is growing up saying, I want to be the next DeMar Hamlin. Why? Because you've never been a player. Yes, sir. All right. He was the 2023 NFL Comeback Player of the Year, chosen in voting by the Professional Football Writers of America. Well, there, now we know why writers have gone to shit. Now we know why writing in that profession has gone to absolute and total shit. That's all on, on emotion, right? I mean, yeah, as far as... Because here's the emotion, only thing. Not even... Both but, but DeMar Hamlin's the definition scene. is my no, problem. No, I get that. But, but what I think is the, the scene that you saw... With DeMar Hamlin when he was, you know, the situation there. And then also the scene of Tua in in the game against when he's getting taken off the field. Yeah, exactly. And then they take that. And I, I don't think that that's been seen in a while. I know it's happened in the NFL, throughout the NFL. And the, but recently, you haven't seen those injuries. And I think it's more based on emotion rather than what the definition of, to me, of comeback. what a comeback player of the year is. It's just, well, he came back. <laughs> <laughs> but it, has he been playing? You know, right. and it's it's one of those things where right. I think the scenes have dictated kind of right. where the voting went, especially Chad, for the writers. Chad goes, hear me out, Big O. Hamlin had the ultimate comeback, comeback from the dead, something only Jesus did. Just saying. Well, then, give him a courage award. Give him a comeback from the dead award. Okay? He's not a comeback player. Player, that's the, that, player, he's not a player. He's never been a player. He's been a scrubberini trying to find a spot on a team. Let's be honest now. Let's, let's compartmentalize. One of the words we love to use on this show, our emotions. We like DeMar Hamlin. He's a likable kid. We root for him. All that stuff, right? 
But he's not a player. He's not coming back from anything. He was never a good football player, ever. That's what comeback player means. Now, come back from the dead player. Let's create the award and give him, uh, you know, and, and we could, you know, it could be somebody lying down and somebody giving like CPR. And then, you know, that's kind of what it is. But it can't be somebody throwing or catching or intercepting because or, that's not what DeMar Hamlin does for the Buffalo Bills ever. He's not a player. Baker Mayfield's a player. You know, I, I, I could give Tua the award a thousand times over DeMar Hamlin because at least he came back and he was a player. DeMar Hamlin, you know, I get it. We're having fun with it, uh, Chad. I get it. But, you know, it's, it's to me, it, it's just we get caught up in the bullshit emotions and – this is what happens. So the Pro Football Writers Association did give Baker Mayfield the most improved player of the year. But what's the difference between most improved and comeback? Isn't that just, I mean. Okay. How about Jared Goff most improved? <laughs> he probably and got how, it last year. <laughs> and, and, and how about then Baker Mayfield, the comeback player of the year? You know what I mean? How about James Cook most improved? Did he not have 1,500 yards for the Bills or 1,400 yards? Is that not most improved? When did James Cook do that? Anybody know that? Did James Cook have like 13, 1,400 yards last year? How many, how many yards? So this is, again, lazy writing bullshit that goes on in, in the media nowadays. You know, it, it, this is the kind of crap. Off the top of my head, I came up with a better, most improved player than these fools did. Okay? James Cook. Let me see. Where's, where's James Cook? Uh, this year? And then last year? 1,122 yards. How about last year? 500? 400? Yes. Yeah, it's usually before 23 is 22. Yeah, I, I just want to remind you that 22 is right before 23. Okay, so he had uh, 89 rushes for 5.07. 5.07 and then 1,100 and whatever. And how many touchdowns did he have? Two. No, and two touchdowns. And then this year? He only had two touchdowns? He only had, he had 1,100 yards and scored two touchdowns? What did he have receiving? How did he touch the ball so much and not score? Oh, Josh Allen is the vulture. I forgot about that, dude. But Josh Allen, you have a vulture. Yeah, you have a Get touchdown. Get down toward the goal line. You have a touchdown vulture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jalen Hurts uh, touch push, right? There was a running back years ago that I had in fantasy. And, and he would not get the touchdowns, and then there was a vulture. By the way, Leroy Horde was, who's in town, he was a bit of a vulture too. Yeah. Uh, when he was, I believe, when at times, you know, other guys, because he was great at short yardage. If I remember correctly, Leroy would take away some short yardage touchdowns from some, from some drives because he was so good at it. Uh, but I, I remember having a, a, a running back that, like, would get a lot of the yards, and then they'd use a, a short yardage guy. Four receiving touchdowns for James Cook? Yeah. And how many receiving yards? Uh, 445. 445. How many did he have the year before? 
445 to 180, 500 to 1100, James Cook, a better, most improved player right there. Come on, man. I mean, let's let's give the award to people that actually have earned it, dude. Manny's at 1030? Yes, Manny's at 1030. Manny's at 1030. And Ferroni's a – no, Ferroni's – no, wait a minute. Why are you confusing shit? No, I have Manny at 1030, exactly. And Ferronis is at 11. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I, I texted him too. All right, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Let's, uh, let's talk a little Canes with the one and only Manny Navarro right here in our Canes where Miami Hurricanes report. The viewpoint, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media grouping, ownership, management, sponsors, or website. If you're a Miami sports fan, there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2655 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at Caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. Time for Canes fans to get what they want. Information, insight, and perspective. It's the Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes Report with Manny Navarro. Exclusively on a Big O radio show. Here's Big O and insider Manny Navarro. All right, all right, all right. Welcome aboard. How you doing, Manny? You feeling good? Feeling good, brother. You know, reaching out to uh, my people around the program, just talking to people about stuff. You know, it's the offseason, trying to dig and find out what's going on. That's all. I'm with you there. You know, I was having this discussion before you came on because, you know, people are talking about, like, DeMar Hamlin, like, comeback player of the year. And I have a problem with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, I because I, I, somebody already gave him comeback player of the year. And it was the pro football writers, which, like, I'm really disappointed that the writers would do that because he's not a comeback player. Don't you have to right. be a player first and foremost? So mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was a player like Heisman. He started in Cleveland. I think they even made the playoffs one year with him. And then obviously he had to decline and he was off the map the last couple of years. And last year he resurrected his career. He's going to get a $40 million contract. He took Tampa to the playoffs. That's comeback player of the year material in my eyes. You right. know what I mean? Somebody that was down, somebody that was already a player then became, then got down and then bounced back again. Uh, Kurt Warner did that. Remember when he went to the Giants? Mm-hmm. He fell in a freaking hole there and then went back to Arizona and boom, that's comeback player of the year. For me, I would give DeMar Hamlin a courage award because Correct. it takes courage to die on the field and say, no, no, I'm going to go back and do it again. But he was right. never a player in the first place, dude. He was a... A backup, backup, a role player. He wasn't. He, he was trying to fight yeah. for a spot just to be in the damn NFL. That's not yep. a player, right? I agree 100% with you. I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, like you said, some of this stuff is predestined, right? Hey, he takes the field this year. He's got to become back player of the year. 
but that's not what the spirit of that award is. And I'm, I'm in 100 percent agreement with you. you. You give him the courage award and you let a guy like Baker Mayfield who truly earned it uh, and, and, you know, all the crap he's taken right for being a bad quarterback and a bus as the number one pick. Uh, to, to coming back and, and not having all the success he did, I think uh, you're, you you nailed it, brother. Once again, you nailed it. Well, I, I, it's not nailing. It's just common sense. It, somebody gave to Tua a comeback. Dude, I'm sorry. Tua was a yep. player last year. He's just coming back from a five-game stretch that he missed. He was having a – he was in the MVP conversation last year for, for a short stretch. Mm-hmm. There's really no – I would give it over Baker Mayfield over Tua and – and there's no bigger apologist, cheerleader, fan, believer, sucker, whatever you want to call me about Tua. You can call me whatever you want about Tua. There is no bigger believer in him than I am in this town. But I'm still giving Baker over Tua, comeback player of the year. To me, brother, I'd give James Cook more a comeback player of the year. How about that? He had 500 yards rushing last year. 1,100 this year. He had uh, 180 yards receiving. He has, what was it, four or 500? 400 or 500? 445 this year. That's comeback. That's that's most improved player of the year type of awards. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That That's, that's the, I just wish we would look at things the way they should be instead of, oh, let's give DeMar Hamlin a little extra love for all this PR stuff and, Come on, man. I don't know. I just found that weird. I, I I'm with you, and, and I hate I hate that that kind of stuff still happens in today's age. You think with especially with all the analytics and all the information and the stats out there that you wouldn't have something this blatant uh, being done, but it still happens because uh, people want to sell a story. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. So what's going on in your world? Uh, what What do we know, Canes wise? Anything on the recruiting side that we should know about? Well, it's interesting. Last night I was exchanging some text messages with uh, with Stuart Mandel over at The Athletic regarding Miami because, as you know, the big thing in college football right now is the NCAA going after Tennessee, right, for uh, recruiting violations with in terms of NIL and inducement and that kind of stuff. And obviously Miami's NIL, uh, you know, was previously investigated, uh, you know, when John Reeves was running things um, because they, they, they had the issue with the Cavender twins. And they were looking into uh, different football players and all that. And now the University of Florida, who signed Jaden Rashada, you remember Miami was very much involved in the Jaden Rashada mess um, because he was committed to the Hurricanes, uh, first committed to Florida, then committed to Miami, then flipped and signed with Florida. Um, That whole thing uh, that went down, um, you know, I I think the NCAA is kicking the tires behind the scenes to see – what they can get out of this. Uh, they're, they're coming after Tennessee for private jets and flying, uh, you know, guys cross country uh, when they signed their quarterback, Nico Amialeva uh, from, from California. And so the NCAA is, you know, trying to come up with stuff, trying to investigate, see what they can get to, to get people in trouble. Miami is not officially under investigation right now, but I think just, you know, be on the lookout for anything that could potentially come down the road because of Jaden Rashada and because of that kind of stuff. So how does, have you heard anything about what, what, what direction we're going in in college football with all this NIL stuff and how it's going to be policed and, you know, you're you're watching coaches walk away from college football now. Yeah, uh, you're watching mm-hmm. college. You're watching them either retire 
or they're going to the NFL. So clearly, uh, the the job of coaching college football has completely changed. And I, it, I, I think it requires even more work than it ever has because yeah. you're such a babysitter and you're constantly almost like a PR man trying to constantly sell your program to these kids who can leave at any moment. So what what's that dynamic like right now? Because that's not – we're going to start getting to a point where there aren't going to be a lot of good college coaches left over, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing you have to remember here is that recruiting is something that uh, a lot of coaches don't want to have to do in general, right? If they're coaching football, they don't want to have to spend time convincing kids to come for the, you know, for their program. They they, w- they would much rather live in a professional sports type atmosphere where you sign the player to a contract and contractually he is obligated to show up and deliver. And if not, you can get rid of them, right? And find somebody new and and all those kind of things. College football, you know, Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, hinted at this a couple months ago. Uh, they, you know, they put out a, a statement about creating essentially what is a premier league, right, for college football, 35 to 40 teams. I think down the road, oh, talking to some people in college football, I think this is going to happen. I think we're going to eventually graduate to the point where there are 35 to 40 teams who can honestly play for the national championship, and then everybody else in college football goes back to doing their rivalries and playing games that, you know, matter to regionally. Um, but it's going to require money. It's going to require a budget. It's going to require a lot of different things. And it's going to require the NCAA accepting change. And right now the NCAA is playing catch up because they didn't put any rules in place for NIL. And so, uh, schools like Tennessee are fighting it and saying, you didn't have any rules in place. We're allowed to sign players to NIL contracts. And the NCAA essentially is saying, well, no, what about amateurism? What about, you know, this isn't pay for play. And these are rules that we told you didn't exist. So it's a huge monumental battle. And I think essentially what we are on the eve of, uh, oh, is the end of the NCAA because their role uh, is not what it used to be, right? We are now in the pay for play era. We were for a long time under a different guise, but now it's official and legal and the Supreme Court said it's legal to do it. So uh, we're going to have a battle here the next couple years. It's going to be interesting, but I think eventually we are going to graduate to a Premier League type system in college football where uh, if you're in the Big Ten, if you're in the SEC, or if you're a team like Florida State and Miami who's trying to get into those conferences, um, you are part of that elite group who has the money to compete for championships, to pay players, to pay assistant coaches, to maintain what you need to maintain. So. I, I don't know when we get there. I don't know if it's in five years. I don't know if it's in 10 years. Oh, but certainly I think it's inevitable. It's funny because I'm going to use an analogy that you will not understand. And I'm going <laughs> to lose about 80% of you out there on this one because some of you do because you follow the show. Some of mm-hmm. you have become crypto people. But yep. it's Tennessee is saying, well, you haven't put on any rules for NIL. Well, in crypto... A lot of people are going after Gary Gensler and the SEC because they're trying to enforce when they have put no laws and rules in place for crypto. They're treating crypto like they use stocks, and it's completely different, and it can't be measured the same way. And yet, that's a battle that's going on in court, which, as you say, we're watching the end of the NCAA. We're also watching the end of Gary Gensler as the as the head of the SEC. So it's interesting how what you're talking about, it, it, it goes over in the, in the world of business. Now, speaking of NILs and things like that, Ruiz, his name hasn't been nearly as prominent in the last 
10 months yeah. or something. So what's going on? Talk to me. What's what's the deal here? Well, Who is it UM's trying to distance themselves? Is it him also knowing that maybe there's a lot of hot water he wants to distance himself? Is he trying to cool things down? What's going on? Because we had that big Herald story, all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, and people who have tuned into our show and, and to this segment, I've, I've told them this over the last uh, several months and year that Miami, their own collective, the Canes Connection, has taken over primary um, organization and funding for the collective, for, for Miami's NIL efforts. And Ruiz has slowly been quote-unquote phased out i don't know that he's necessarily been phased out like uh like they've told him go away it's more like he's dealt with his own issues he's had his own things to deal with and to my knowledge from what i was told this morning by someone i think the only person left on the ruiz payroll is nigel pack as far as university of miami athletes so the canes connection is basically doing all of the deals now um miami is allowed to be involved in the fundraising efforts for the collective because the new rules have been applied and so um, I'm not saying that uh, they wanted Ruiz necessarily out because I think they were very happy surviving with him, right, running the show for two years while NIL was sort of establishing itself. But now I think Miami's grown into a role where they don't need to rely on him or his money because, as I've mentioned many, many times before to people who just didn't want to believe it, there are a lot of people in the city of Miami with money who support the University of Miami and want to see the program win. And so Miami's NIL collective is very, very strong. Um, they have a budget that's one of the best, I think, one of the best budgets in college football, and they're able to afford what they need to do so they can sign great players and build a program to compete for a national championship. Okay. Uh, what do we know about Cam? What's he doing to uh, get himself ready for this yeah. season? Well, he's on campus. I think he's playing catch with his receivers. He's going through offseason workouts. He's doing uh, everything that, that, that a quarterback needs to do to get ready for the upcoming season. Look, he's got uh, – there's three new freshman uh, receivers. Two of them are on campus already, Nykar and, and JoJo Trader. Uh, they're already enrolled in classes. I think 16 of the 27 uh, high school recruits in Miami's number three ranked recruiting class are on campus already. So all of those guys are going through offseason stuff. Uh, if you follow – uh, Aaron Feld, Miami strength and conditioning coach on Twitter. You'll see that he was blowing a horn today, I think, at 4.30 in the morning in Coral Gables. I'm sure pissing a lot of people off. But, uh, look, they're doing all their offseason workouts and preparing. And, you know, uh, the quarterbacks have to work with the receivers and spend a lot of time, um, you know, uh, just playing catch and, and building that chemistry. And so I know Jacoby George and Xavier Restrepo and, um, you know, Miami's tight ends and, and all those young receivers are out there. Uh, the running backs are out there, and, and he's running those things with them. All right, good stuff. Uh, anything else that I uh, did not ask that we should be asking with the Canes? No, just that, uh, you know, I, again, I, I try to emphasize this. Um, I'm writing a column on on, on the uh, recruiting classes for all the in-state schools, uh, you know, USF, UCF, Miami, FSU, Florida. Um, you'll never convince me, oh, that you can just win by – taking transfer portal guys and of course not you look at uh you look at michigan right the team that won the national championship and what essentially was a down year for the sec because alabama and georgia weren't necessarily as good as they have been um those recruiting classes on average were still top 10 recruiting classes for michigan jim harbaugh still did an excellent job and i think when you look at the path that all of the state schools are on and you say well who's the next program that's going to win a national title I know the record hasn't been there. I know his coaching hasn't been up to snuff. But 
Mario is accruing the most talent from the high school ranks and the most consistent top five, top 10 recruiting classes. And ultimately, this is still a talent race. And if you can get a lot of elite offensive and defensive linemen, you're probably going to have the best chance to win a national championship. Michigan proved that. They had a really good offensive and defensive line. You still win with that. You still win with running the football and shutting the run down for as much playmakers as you have at the quarterback position and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think this Miami team is trending in the right way. And if you're if you're thinking who's going to win a national title, I think Miami is on the closest path of all the state schools to get there. You still have to kneel. Still got to kneel. There's no question about that. You still okay. got to coach. No matter you still how much to get the job done. No matter how much talent you got, you yeah. still got to kneel. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's oh, there's no question. You got. You can you have a lot of talent, and you can still tell Vinny Tester, no, go ahead and pass. It's a good thing. No, no. Think one interception. No, no. Go ahead, Vinny. Go two. No. Go ahead. Three. No, don't go ahead. You're Oprah tonight. Everyone gets an interception. Go ahead. So you can have a lot of talent and still screw it up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you, um, for, for, for the Florida State fans who listen to this thinking I'm crazy, um, Mike Norvell's done a terrific job, right? Like what he's done the last two years. But there is an expiration date with with transfer players, right? Yeah. They all got to leave eventually. You get them in their in the third or fourth year coming to the program, so you only have them for one year. And Florida State's recruited decently, but not as good as Miami on the offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's where you're going to see the difference in the next couple of years, why Miami probably passes uh, Florida State. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Let's hope so he, uh, he does a much better uh, job on game day, and that would complete him. Uh, as a coach, that's for damn sure. All right, follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. Better yet, subscribe to The Athletic. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. We will catch up next week. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. Take care. Thank you, sir. There you go, Manny Navarro and our Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes report. Don't forget, use our code Big O10. You will get 10% off at Canes Wear in person or online. And when you go online, by the way, if you're out of town, you order over $99, you're going to get free shipping. Use our code BIG010 and you will get 10% off. Even if it's on sale, you will still get 10% on top of this sale. It's a beautiful thing. Somebody, one of our listeners was like, hey, oh, I want to thank you, man. I bought this uh, for my daughter. It was on sale and I used your code and got 10% off. It's a beautiful thing. Caneswear.com. They got heat. Marlins, Panthers, Inter-Miami gear, Dolphins gear, and, of course, practically everything with the Canes logo. Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience. Family-owned and operated since 2010, Caneswear has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inter-Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at caneswear.com. Caneswear, the spot Miami fan shop. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. Frankie says Tua did not do a great job in the QB skills competition, but it's not his fault. They put him on the wrong competition. He should have had, he should have replaced Mostert on the golf competition. Don't blame him. Blame the NFL. I don't know. What competition did he do? 
Oh, what are the odds Taylor Swift's next album is about the Chiefs' season this year? A track for every game played, track 18, Cooking the Fish. That sounds good. But I think she'll only sing about him if they break up with her. Give Hamlin the Resurrection Award, but the real comeback player of the year goes to guys like Baker, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, or Joe Flacco. There you go. Uh, do, 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 do. I didn't realize McVeigh and Shula were that tight. Well, they went to state. They, they were teammates in college, so they've been friends since college. And you know how you guys know how that is. Everybody knows, guys or girls, man. People that you develop a friendship in in college or high school, and you continue that friendship. That's a that's a bond that that just you know gets strong over time. You know what I mean? That's always like that. Anyway. Uh, we got uh, David Fronis to join us at the top of the hour. Um, let's uh, let me get into a couple of uh, well, at least one dolphin story before we get into um, uh, joining uh, David Fronis here on the program for hour number two. And I listen, Sean and I do this show, and I would love to get thousands and millions of views and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it would put a little more money in Sean's pocket and my pocket, and we got to survive and feed our families, so it's great and all that. Fantastic. If you write articles, you'll want to get as many clicks. If you're on television, you want to get as many people watching, all that kind of stuff. I get it. We want to get downloads, everything. And I get the media plays that game, and I don't, I've never played that game even when I was working in a corporation, I just don't do things for shock value or trying to get clicks or to fill space. The latest is Mike Vrabel. People either talking about Mike Vrabel, writing about Mike Vrabel, or or, or talking on radio or talking on television, right? Or blogging about this. Mike Vrabel for D coordinator. Okay, let me ask you guys something. Okay, why would you do this? It's never going to happen. It's not even a thought in the building. Mike Vrabel's not going to take a step back. He wants to be a head coach next year. Do you think he's going to go for a defensive coordinator? Oh, and he's going to tell, oh, you know, I'm only going to do this for a year. So somebody's going to hire him for a year because he's going to leave you because he's going to try to get a head coaching position? Are you people stupid out there in the media? I'm just, I get it. Look, fans can say, fans, fans are fanatical. I'm sorry that I pick on you people a lot out there because some of you are fanatical. You're crazy. You don't think. You have no common sense, but you're fanatical. You're allowed to do that. In the media, you're not supposed to be fanatical. You're supposed to be objective and try to look at it. Why would anybody hire Mike Vrabel when he wants to be a head coach? Why would Mike Vrabel take a step back? So what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to go and and uh, go work as a janitor in a uh, in a radio station and not work actually in front of the mic? A- am I supposed to you know be a uh, an intern now at a radio station? No. No, no, I'm not. I'm not applying for anything like that. I'm either the host or I'm not doing the job. Period. Uh, and Mike Vrabel is the same thing. He's either a head coach. He's not interested in any. He's not a failed head coach that has to go back to being a coordinator. 
He's an incredibly successful head coach. He's one of the top 10 head coaches in the NFL. What makes you think he would take a, a defensive coordinator position, you moron? What makes you think anybody is even thinking of Mike Vrabel at defensive coordinator, knowing he wants to be a head coach and he'd only be with you for one year? Is that good for continuity in your team? You moron. Okay, so if you're a radio host and you're talking about Mike Vrabel as a defensive coordinator, you're an idiot. If you're a podcaster and you're talking about Mike Vrabel being a defensive coordinator, you're a moron. If you're a writer talking or trying to sell to your fan base or make reasoning why Mike Vrabel, you've got no freaking life and you're just doing the cheesiest thing in the world, filling space. Okay? There's no shot Mike Vrabel is the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins or anyone else. This is a guy that midway through next year will be offered a job because one or two or three coaches will be already on the hot seat midway through the year, and they're going to say, yeah, let's get rid of him and let's start our, 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 our coaching search. And Mike Vrabel will be at the top of the list next year because there's a bunch of teams right now going, shit, we'd rather have Mike Vrabel than the guy we got right now. Man, next year, if he doesn't, there's owners going, you know, if uh, our, uh, our coach ain't doing that good, I want that guy. It might be Stephen Ross saying that, dude. But the dumbest thing, and I get it, you're just filling space. But if you actually believe this, then you're, you're more naive than I ever thought you would be. Okay? Mike Vrabel will not be a defensive coordinator at all. He'll be in the television booth. That he could do, I don't, I don't even know. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that, he kind of looks like he would be boring for the television booth, actually, to be quite honest. He doesn't look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only going to be there for, he's only going to be there for a year. You know what I mean? Now, now TV can hire you for a year. They don't care. They can use you up for a year and, and spit you out. But I keep hearing this. And, and, you know, when you guys mentioned it to me, I told you there was no shot, right? But I keep seeing it, and I see people talk about it and writing about it. And to me, it's the silliest shit in the world. And it's what people do all in all walks of life and entertainment and politics and music and sports and all and they just write articles or fill space on television shows and, you know, uh, um, uh, shows where you, you, you have banter and all that kind of stuff because you just come up with crap so you can fill space. And Vrabel to the Dolphins is just crap that fills space. Nothing more, nothing less. If anybody's actually talking about this in any kind of serious level, you have no idea what you're talking about. I hope I'm clear enough on this. Yes, sir. No, I want to. Scott Tipton was asking, was Vrabel, Vrabel a tight end? No, he was not a tight end. He was oh. a linebacker. But what they did was on the goal line situations, I believe they brought him in and they threw some passes to him. Yes, they did. Which, you know, he wasn't necessarily a tight end, but they did bring him in for that role. I think he had like 
Two touchdowns. Four, two I want to say was it two, two? Okay. two, maybe three. I doubt. Yeah. You look it up. I'll look it up here in a minute. Look it up. I want to say two touchdowns, maybe three. He had no more than that. But yeah, they use Vrabel as a um, as an extra tight end, and he actually made it. That was with the Patriots. He did it. Uh, by the way, Sloman's Home Shield. You see Alarmo there. One eight hundred Alarm Me, folks. They've been protecting Americans for over a hundred years. And if you want a free doorbell camera, tell them that you listen to the Big O Show. You're a big fan of the show. And when you use our professional installation and our low-cost central station monitoring, you're also going to get an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. And I'm telling you, that free doorbell camera, you're going to love. It's going to save It's going to save you a lot of effort. You don't have to go to the door. You just check your phone. Who's at the door? Oh, they're trying to sell something. Let them keep barking. I mean, let them keep knocking. I just send my dogs to the door, and then they start, they push the door, and they're barking, and those people all back off the door, and I'm watching it on camera laughing my ass off because there's two dogs just barking like, and they just want to just tear your effing head off. I I, I trip out when I do that. But anyway, uh, I should record that, shouldn't I? That would be actually good to play it on the show. But anyway, 1-800-ALARM-ME so you can pull the same joke I do. And by the way, if you have heating oil, we have fixed fixed prices at Slowman's. Yep, one oil deal different number. If you want to get heating oil, we're in 14 different states. 1-800-1-866-OIL-DEAL. Fixed prices will save you hundreds. Please call Slowman's if you're in a colder part of the country. Our, yes? Mike Vrabel. Yes. Ten catches. Yes. Ten touchdowns. No way. For real? That many? That was studly. Wow, I didn't know the Patriots used them that much. It didn't look like it was that much. Oh, he had two for KC. So then they stole it because the Patriots started with him. Okay. Wow. Damn, that's more than I thought. I thought it was like two or three. Ten. Ten for ten, too. That was pretty good for Vrabel. But seriously, enough with the Vrabel defensive coordinator. That's some stupid shit. It'll never happen. In fact, I'll run it by David Faronis. See if he gets suckered by that, too. Hour number two, we start off with David Faronis and our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report.